You're about to listen to a message from Every Nation Church Midrand, the place where people come to be changed and discipled to transform society. Hello, welcome again to our broadcast today, Taking Territories. It's so good to have you with us. And we're going to continue with the Word of God. We started last week looking at the book of Habakkuk and we're talking about the just shall live by faith. Okay, the just shall live by faith. This book has brought so much comfort to me many times in my life. And uh, from time to time, I come back to it. And um, I believe that it's a, it's, it's, it's a, it's a very significant book. Uh, those very short, but it's very, very inspiring. has so much, so many nuggets to, to help us in our walk with God, in our journey. Especially when you have questions that you cannot answer, you know. You're looking at things and like, God, where are you in the midst of all of this? You see here, the book of Habakkuk. Habakkuk, this prophet, was a, quite a unique prophet because the book of Habakkuk in chapters 1 and 2, he's mainly talking to God. It's a dialogue between him and God. Unlike other prophets who were speaking directly to the nation, uh, Habakkuk is kind of different. This is, this is, he is, he has, um, uh, he has written down his, his dialogue between him and the Lord. And that's what we're reading here. And we're, we're, we're getting insight into the mind of the prophet and what he's, what he's thinking, what he's saying, uh, which is very, very good because it helps us also to know how, how we can relate with God, talk with God. Are you faced with things that you just can't understand, you just can't figure out? And... It is okay to ask God questions. It's okay to ask why, why, where are you? No. So that's the kind of question Habakkuk is asking. Let's, let's look at chapter 1 again. Um, the burden which the prophet Habakkuk saw. Oh Lord, how long shall I cry and you will not hear? Even cry out to you, violence, and you will not save. Why do you show me iniquity and cause me to see trouble? For plundering and violence are before me. There is strife and contention arises. Therefore the law is powerless and justice never goes forth. For the wicked surround the righteous. Therefore perverse judgment proceeds. This is the situation in his, in his, um, in his nation at that time. You know, Judah had had really, really gone down morally. There was so much violence, so much corruption, and so much wickedness and uh, unrighteousness and so on. And so this man is, is troubled by all of this. And uh, his question, why? Um, how long? How long shall I cry and you will not hear me? This is not a question of doubt, really, okay? Yeah, maybe a little bit of doubt, but then you find that he's asking, he's talking to God. Um, okay, maybe, yeah, sorry, it's doubt, but it's not unbelief, okay? This is not a question of unbelief, it's a question of doubt. He's asking, how long, how long? Where are you in the midst of all of this? So sometimes we are going through situations in life and we're asking, Lord, where are you? Where are you? I'm going through so much. There's so much injustice being meted out to me and God. 
I'm crying out to you. I'm praying. When are you going to bring justice on my behalf? When are you going to step into this situation and turn things around? So if you are, if you are like that, if you've been facing anything like that, I want you to know, yes, Habakkuk, uh, you are in good company with Habakkuk. All right. So and, uh, so, and we know God answered him. Um, God answered him. God told him that he will, first of all, God said to him in verse 5, uh, look among the nations and watch. Be utterly astounded, for I will work a work in your days which you would not believe, though it were told you. Though it were told you, you would not believe. So God is promising the prophet that he's going to do a work, all right? In the midst of all of this, he's there pouring out his heart to God. He's pouring out his heart to God, and then God responds. God responds to him and tells him, I'm going to do a work, all right? And uh, we, see, we see here some principles as well in this book, all right? God now says that he's going to use the Chaldeans, which is uh, the Babylonians. <clears throat> he's going to use the Babylonians to, to judge the nation, the, the, the nation of Judah. And, um, and the prophet has a problem with that because it's like, God, why would you use the unrighteous? I mean, this... Judah is, even though things are terrible in Judah, they are not as wicked. They are not as unrighteous as the Babylonians. Why would you use the Babylonians who are more wicked to judge, uh, to judge a nation that is less wicked? You know? And uh, so sometimes we don't realize that God can use, God can use the wicked. He uses the wicked. There are times that the enemy comes against you, and as he's coming against you, God can now turn that thing and now use it to work to your advantage. Okay? He causes all things to work together for good, and that's what makes him God. He is, he is all-powerful. He is sovereign, so he has the, the capacity. He has the capacity to turn any situation around. And so this is, this is the kind of God we serve. All right, so, so God has answered, answers him, and then, and then he now has a problem with the answer that God is giving because um, he, 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 he doesn't see why uh, God would use an unrighteous nation, a more wicked nation. Actually, in his mind, he would have preferred, or he would have preferred a situation where there is another nation that is kind of righteous and more deserving <laughs> to be used by God to now judge the less righteous, you know, but God doesn't work. His ways are not our ways, okay? His ways are not our ways, and uh, his, his, his thoughts are not our thoughts. God does not see things like that. So in chapter 2, let's just skip quickly to chapter 2. I don't want to dwell in chapter 1. So he says, I will stand, I will stand my watch and set myself on the rampart, Watch to see what he will say to me, what I will answer when I am corrected. Okay, so God, uh, uh, God has spoken. Now the, the, the prophet is positioning himself and he's, he's preparing to hear God again. And then the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision, make it plain on tablets, that he may run who reads it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak and it will not lie. 
though it tarries, wait for it, because it will surely, um, it will surely come, it will not tarry. So, the vision about the, the, the judgment of the nation, you need to write it down. Then the vision about the judgment of Babylon, write it down. Because those, are, those judgments are definitely going to come to pass. So sometimes you need to look at it this way. Um, God ha has, used, he has used nations to judge other nations. Many times in history, God has done that. And, uh, but God does it in his own time. God has his time. He has his own timeline that he uses in order to mete out judgment on the nations or on individuals. So sometimes you might see as see if the evil person is prospering, is he's doing wickedness, and he seems to be going ahead, and it seems as if it seems as if he is getting away with it. Don't make any mistake. God, I'm telling you, is a God. He is a God of justice. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of his throne. And because of that, there is no injustice. There is no injustice that will go without punishment. God is a righteous judge. He's a righteous God. And at his time, he is going to step in. At his time, he was going to step in. If you remember, if you remember the days uh, of Abraham, if you remember the days of Abraham, when God, um, when God visited Abraham and spoke to him, God told him that uh, his descendants, let me see, his descendants will, um, will be in, in another nation. Okay? God spoke to Abraham. Let me look at Genesis chapter 15. His descendants are going to be in, in a nation. There will be, uh, let me see, let me see, verse, verse 13. Verse 13, then he said to Abraham, uh, Know certainly that your descendants will be strangers in a land that is not theirs and will serve them and they will afflict them 400 years. They're going to afflict your descendants for 400 years. And then he says, And also the nation whom they serve, I will judge. Afterward, they shall come out with great possessions. Okay, so God, God, God now says in verse 16, he says, But in the fourth generation, they shall return here, for the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet complete. So now, you see what God did here in this case is that God, there's so much iniquity in, in the land of the Amorites, in the land of Canaan, and so on. So much is going on, so much injustice, so much wickedness, so much idolatry. Okay, uh, uh, so God, God in his sovereignty, what he does is that he says, okay, fine, uh, Abraham, your descendants are going to go into another land as, as, as strangers, and they are going to serve that nation. They're going to be there as foreigners. They will serve that nation. They'll be there for 400 years. They'll be there for 400 years, and 
And those guys, that nation is going to afflict your people. It's going to afflict your descendants. But they will come out with great substance. Okay? They'll come out with great substance. And guess what? As they're coming out, they're coming out to now um, judge the Canaanites, the, the, the uh, Amorites, and, and so on. They're coming back. Right now, as it is, their iniquity is not full. Their cup is not yet full. Their iniquity is not yet complete. So I'm making room. I'm making room for repentance by extending the time for them. Out of God's mercy, He's giving them room for repentance. He gives them 400 years. He gives them 400 years and says, Okay, your people are going to go out of this place, but then they will come back. All right? And then you see when you link that to Moses and then to Joshua, you find that when Moses is getting out of Egypt, Egypt now gets judged. Egypt gets judged, all right? There's judgment, all the plagues that were released on Egypt were judgments of God, okay, upon the gods of Egypt, all the ten plagues. So God now judges Egypt, and then the Israelites uh, plunder the Egyptians, and they, they come out with great wealth out of Egypt, with great wealth. So the economy of Egypt was brought to its knees, and the entire nation was brought to her knees. It destroyed the, the military power and might of Egypt. All of that, God did all of that at the right time. Okay, at the right time. God meted out judgment on Egypt. Okay, so then you see, as you go on, you see now, Joshua comes in. Look at the time Joshua comes in, and God is saying, God is saying to him, go and destroy this nation. Then he's going from nation to nation and he's destroying, he's taking cities and killing them. And so when you read the Bible, you might think, oh, well, this is so unfair. Why is God, you know, why is he asking them to kill these people? You, you are saying that because you don't know what the people have been doing for the past 400 years. That's why you're asking like that. But if you knew what they were doing, you would not ask that kind of question because these were people who would have a child and then they, they, once a child is born, for instance, they will take the child and then sacrifice the child, put the child into the fire and sacrifice the child to Molech and many other abominations that they did. So God, God decides that the time is now. So you have to judge these people. And that's one of the reasons why when God told, um, when God told Saul to, to wipe out Amalek, and, he, and Saul spared Agag and, some, some, and, and, and the sheep and some other people, and God was angry with Saul. Why? Because God had promised, uh, he had promised the Israelites, during the time of Moses, I'm going to wipe out Amalek. Write it down. I'll wipe them out. So now it was time for Amalek to be judged. And Saul did not fully carry out the judgment. And that's why he lost his kingship. So you see, the way God works, God, the way God works, he is, I mean, he is, he is 
just, he is righteous, he is perfect, there is no mistake, God does not make any mistake. So sometimes in our judgment, we think that God is delaying our breakthrough. God is delaying justice on our behalf. We think that God is, God is not coming quickly enough. We feel God is not answering my prayer. I've been praying, I've been fasting and all of that. Can you imagine if the children of Israel fasted for 400 years? It would be a long one. <laughs> but you see, so... Because it's not just about them, they're also, God was also waiting for, um, for the Amorites. So in the case of Habakkuk, now, and, and I went through, through all of that just to help you to see how God works. Habakkuk is crying. There's violence. There's injustice. God, when are you, why are you not doing something? Why do you allow me to see all of this? So God says, write the vision down. Write it and make it plain on tablets. Make it plain. Write it down because it will surely come to pass. Has God spoken to you? It will surely come to pass. I promise you it will come to pass. If you do your part, God will do his part. If you do your part, God will do his part. Hmm? Okay. So he says, but... Um, and. In verse 4, it says, Behold the proud. His soul is not upright in him, but the just shall live by his faith. You know, this is a powerful statement, and Paul uses this. This is a statement that is quoted about, I think, three times in the New, in the New Testament, in the epistles. Paul uses this statement as the set. In, in fact, this statement becomes the the central principle of the gospel. We're justified by faith. We live by faith. The just shall live by faith. We walk by faith. So much. So Habakkuk is the only prophet. This is, this is the verse that describes faith in the Old Testament and has an accurate application, accurate reflection of the New Testament, right from here. So it's a it's a it's, it's a great place. It's a it's a great verse. The just shall live by faith. So Habakkuk, you are seeing all of this, but you are you have to walk by faith. Okay, you the just shall live by his faith. Whose faith is it? The faith of the just, or what faith? Whose faith is it? I believe it's both the faith of the just. And also the faith of God given to the just. So um, God has given to us a measure of faith. That's what the Bible says. The measure of faith. According to Romans chapter, Romans chapter 12 verse 3. He has dealt to everyone the measure of faith. That faith that he has given to you. You need to live by it. Use it. Develop it. Grow it. So that you can thrive in the midst of all the crisis, in the midst of all the uncertainties, in the midst of all the, in the midst of the pandemic, you need faith. You need to live by faith. The just shall live by faith. And 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 so then it goes. It goes in um, in verse three. 
God now uh, begins to speak about the judgment that, that is coming. All right? The judgment that is coming on, on, on Babylon. He's talking about what he's going to do to them. So the thing, the, a lot of times when the wicked is carrying out, even if he's being used by God to, to bring judgment, okay, like uh, he doesn't know when he has gone, he, when he has crossed the line. Okay, so if he goes beyond that, <laughs> he goes beyond that and he's going all out, all out, and God will hold him to account one day and say, hey, yeah, you are also guilty. <laughs> you are also guilty, and he brings judgment on the wicked as well. Yeah, so make no mistake, there's nobody on earth who is going to escape the judgment of God. There's nobody except you come into Christ and have your sins forgiven. That's where you, Jesus has been judged for you, okay? But there are different types of judgments in the, in the scriptures. We're not going to go into that right now. There are different types of judgments, okay? So here we see that God is bringing, he's dealing, with the he's dealing with the injustice of Judah, the nation. He's dealing with the corruption in his own way. And then he's dealing with the wickedness and so on of the Babylonians as well. And so in the midst of all of that, you look at this book, you see that it starts with the gloom. All right, then his, his, his uh, disposition starts changing. His, 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 uh, his, his perspective starts changing. As God speaks, he starts looking and he starts seeing better. Okay, faith comes into his heart. At first, he is so down. He is so down and he's looking at things. He's looking at the situation, but he doesn't, remain just feeding on the situation he goes to God you might be facing a situation and you are like what is going on don't allow yourself to be so pulled and sucked into that go to God okay go to God and receive faith from God you receive faith but I want to bring to your attention something very very interesting here in verse 14 all right, he says, for the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. This is incredible. In the midst of all of this, in the midst of, okay, the wickedness, in the midst of the, the corruption, in the midst of uh, the unrighteousness and so on God is now giving the prophet vision is giving him perspective and he says the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea so all of these all that is going on is a build up but it's going to culminate to manifestations of the glory of God. It's going to lead to manifestations of the glory of God. So whatever it is you are going through, whatever it is you are going through, 
Put your, let your faith be up and stand. Continue to declare the word of God. Hold on to the word of God. Because at the end, you are going to see the glory of the Lord. At the end, it will bring glory to God. Okay, one, thing, one of the things you discover as you read the scriptures is that the glory of God tends to come towards the end. When other things, there are certain things that have to happen before the glory comes down, before the glory manifests. There are things that have to happen first. There are things that need to precede the manifestation of the glory. The glory doesn't just come from the begin, at the beginning, just, you know, no, that... Uh, for example, you, 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 you'll see that um, the Israelites going through the wilderness, um, through the wilderness, what happened? They needed to build a tabernacle. All right? So God speaks to Moses, shows him the pattern and all of that, and tells him uh, to, be, to, to build a tabernacle in a holier, bezalia where anointed specifically for this mission and they build the tabernacle and then by the time they finish the tabernacle when they finish everything is finished what happens the glory of God comes hallelujah the glory of God comes down the glory of God fills the tabernacle it fills it to a point that um, uh, Moses could not even go in and now, what about the time when the temple of Solomon was built? Same thing. Same thing. The glory came down so much that the priests could not manage that they could, they could not go into the glory. The place was filled with cl the cloud of God's glory. All right? What about in the book of Acts? Acts chapter 2. Jesus had spent three and a half years working, building these people and, and uh, preparing them, preparing them, preparing them. And then he's about to ascend. He says they should tarry in Jerusalem and wait for the promise of the Father. So there's a lot of preparation has gone on. And now the time has come. Everything has come together. They're there 10 days in prayer, 10 days praying. Praying and praying and praying. And as they're praying like that, boom, the glory comes down. The Holy Spirit comes down. Manifestation. And then we, we see how the gospel now spread. So you might be going through something that is preparing for glory. Okay? Remember Paul says that the sufferings, what the light afflictions, he called them light afflictions. And nothing compared uh, to the glory that will be revealed. So sometimes God will allow you to go through certain challenges. Because some people think that because you are, you are walking by faith, you won't face challenges. No, it's not like that. That's not true. Okay. So Habakkuk, this is what God, God is uh, taking him through. All right. So, the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. 
My goodness. My goodness. So as the, 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 the glory of God is rising, as things are going dark and dark in the world, as things are going looking gloomy and hopeless, I am telling you in the midst of this, arise, shine, for your light has come. For the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. In the midst of all of this, God is telling you to position yourself. It's time to rise. Rise up. Okay? Rise up from down there and get ready. Time to shine. My God. I don't know about you. I just feel excited just thinking about that. Just looking at this. So Habakkuk, so the prophet is, is, um, he is, he is now in a different frame of mind. He's now in a different frame of mind. He's not as negative as he was before. Now his mindset has changed. The problem with many people is that they get so trapped that they cannot get out of their negativity. They cannot get out of their negativity. They cannot seek God. They cannot hear from God. They cannot see what God is revealing and so on. And that, that keeps them in a state whereby they are weighed down. They are too weighed down by the situation. And so looking up to God. So the prophet is able to, he's able to navigate this. He's able to get out of this situation. And he's able to now begin to see, looking forward to the glory. Looking forward to the glory of God manifesting in the midst of whatever. The whole earth, God says, is going to be filled with the knowledge of his glory as the waters cover the sea. So, um, so then we go back, go down. We go down to chapter 3, and here we see uh, the prophet is praying. Okay, he's praying here in, in, in chapter 3, verse 1, a prayer of Habakkuk the prophet in Shigonoth. O Lord, I have heard your speech and was afraid. So he, he has heard God speaking. He has heard God explain, and God has given him insight how he's going to bring justice, how he's going to bring justice to the nation of, how he's going to bring judgment to the nation of Judah, and how he's going to also bring judgment to the, 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 the Babylonians. And God is, has explained everything to him, and now he is trembling. He's trembling at the wisdom of God. He's trembling at God's ways. He's trembling at the revelation he has received. Oh, um, so he's trembling and he says, Oh Lord, I have heard your speech and I was afraid. Oh Lord, revive your work in the midst of the years. Revive your work in the midst of the years. Hallelujah. In the midst of the years, make it known. In wrath, Remember mercy. Now he's praying for mercy. <laughs> Hallelujah. You can see that this man, this is a, you know, this is a man that loves his nation. Although he's upset, he still loves his nation and he still wants the mercy of God. Okay, God, you can deal with this, but please be merciful. Bring justice with mercy. Okay, and now he's praying for revival. 
He's praying for revival. So <clears throat> they, um, uh, part of the answer, the answer to all that we're seeing is that there is a move of God on the horizon. Okay, there's a mighty move of God on the horizon. Begin to prepare yourself in the midst of all of this chaos. We are going to see the greatest manifestations of the power of God that we've ever seen before. So he is praying and he says, Lord, revive your work in the midst of the years. Revive your words. Yes. Are you excited? I'm excited. Yes, I'm excited. And then he says in verse, 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 verse 3, he says, God came down from Timnah, the Holy One from Mount Paran. His glory covered the heavens and the earth was full of his praise. His brightness was like the light. He had rays flashing from his hand. Ah. God, he's, he's, he is seeing, he's now in a different dimension. The prophet, you know, he started from gloom and now he's glowing with the glory of God. He's glowing because the light has come. The light of God has come and now he's glowing and he is seeing. It's a totally different perspective. So, such a contrast to how he started in the beginning from complaining. To rejoicing. Hallelujah. Amen. Rejoicing. You can see the confidence in his, in, his, uh, in his writing here. Yes. So God. God is coming down. God came down from Timnah. He came down from Timnah. Yes. And this, this he's, he's, he's thinking about the days of Moses. When Moses came down. You know. You remember that. You remember the time of Moses? I mean, this is the guy that spent time with God 40 days and 40 nights in the glory of God. And you should speak to God face to face. But do you realize that when the glory, um, when the glory of God filled the tabernacle, Moses could not enter. <laughs> so ask yourself, I mean, this is the guy that is used to the glory of God. How come? He couldn't enter. It's a degree of glory. There's an increased uh, degree of glory that is coming. I'm telling you. Yes, I'm excited and we should look forward to that. Oh, he says, his brightness was like the light and he had rays flashing from his hand. <laughs> yes, that's the place. And he says, and there his power was hidden. His power is hidden yes that's the secret place that's the hiding place of his power he comes down and may God come down upon our land may God come down upon our cities may God come down like that upon uh, our homes may God come down like that in your situation with with light flashing from his hand the hiding place of his power. When he's, as he stretches his hand, there's power that comes forth and, and dissolves all of his enemies. Destroys the work of the enemy. My God. Before him went pestilence and fever followed after his feet. 
he stood and measured the earth. He, he, he looked and startled the nations. Nations are quaking. Nations, everyone is amazed at the glory, the level of the glory that has descended upon the earth. My Lord, Jehovah himself is coming down. He's coming down upon the earth to manifest his power, to break chains. Chains will fall. Demons will flee at his presence when the glory comes down. And the glory comes down. And that's why we're praying. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. When it starts manifesting, there's nothing that can resist him. There's no power. There's no power that can stop him. Hallelujah. So these are, these are, great, um, these are great days ahead of you. I'm telling you. Yes. Yes, yes, my Lord, my Lord. The everlasting mountains were scattered. The perpetual hills bow. His ways are everlasting. I saw the tents of Cushan in affliction. The, the curtains of the land of Midian trembled. O oh Lord, you, uh, you displeased. You were displeased, O oh Lord, were you displeased with rivers? Was your anger against the rivers? Was your wrath against the sea that you rode on your horses, your chariots of salvation? It's like the, the manifestation was so much. He's asking, what, are you displeased? Why? Why is there so much power oozing out and all of these manifestations happening? Oh, my Lord. Yes, your bow was quite ready. Oats were sworn over your arrows. You divided the earth with rivers. The mountains saw you and trembled. And the overflowing of the water passed by. The deep uttered its voice and lifted his hands on high. I'm telling you, the whole earth is going gonna, is gonna to quake at the coming of our Lord. Amen. Yes. So these are the days of the Lord. These are the days of the Lord. And we are praying for the manifestation of the glory of God. And God is going to, is going to, you know, there is a level of manifestation that nobody Nobody that is honest to himself will say there is no God. Yeah. And those days are coming. So he is, he is narrating all of this. But then I'll go to verse 17. I'll skip down to verse 17. Because the whole of, the whole of chapter, chapter 3 is on a very high note. It's a very high note. You can see of the expressions and how he's, 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 he's talking there. And then he says, verse 17, Though the fig tree may not blossom. Huh, totally different language. Nor the fruit, nor fruit be on the vines. Though the labor of the olive may fail and the fields yield no food. 
though the flock may be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. So it doesn't matter the circumstance. He's saying, he says, look, I don't care. I don't care. Maybe the fig tree does not blossom. It doesn't blossom. I'm not going to be moved by that. I'm not going to be moved by the fact that, that, that the olive tree doesn't produce anything. I'm not going to move. There is this. There's no food in the, there's, there's no food. I'm not going to be moved by that. There's hunger. I'm not going to be moved by that anymore. So you can see the difference from chapter one, where he was talking, how long, Lord, justice. There's a cry. You, you don't hear. Why do you allow me to see violence? And so you don't, you see here that his language is different. His language is different. And he's saying, oh, Lord, Lord, Lord. He's, he's, he's saying, although these things are not happening, I, my attitude is different. He says, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation from gloom to glow. Hallelujah. Yes. Yes. My goodness. Now there is jubilation. He is celebrating. He's celebrating the the, the faithfulness of God. He's celebrating the eternal one. Hallelujah. He's, he's celebrating. He says, I will joy in the God of my salvation. He says, the Lord is my strength. He is my strength. In the midst of all of this, listen to me. The situation has not changed. It hasn't changed yet, but his attitude has changed. Something has happened inside him. And that's what I want to happen inside you. Let's let the spirit of God do a work inside you. Your situation might look hopeless. But the just shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith. And remember the glory of the Lord. The glory of the Lord is going to cover your life. Hallelujah. Amen. And, and God is still faithful. He says, the Lord is my strength. Lord, I speak strength to your people right now. I speak strength. Come on. Just stretch your hands right now. I, I release strength. I speak strength to your spirit. I speak strength right now to your, your, your inner, innermost being right now in the name of Jesus. I release supernatural strength. Let there be a reinforcement. Strengthen the faith of your people, O oh Father, in the midst of the uncertainties. I speak faith right now. Strength to your faith. Strength to your convictions. In the name of Jesus, fortify your people, O oh God. Strengthen them with might by your spirit in the inner man. Lord, my God, though what they see is not encouraging, but let them see your glory. Give them a glimpse of your glory. Mighty God, give somebody an encounter of your glory right now. In the name of Jesus. Though the situation might look depressing, but Lord my God, let them rejoice in, in your salvation. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I give you praise. Yes. So he says, the Lord is my strength. He will make my feet like deer's feet. And he will make me walk on my high heels. 
glory. Wonderful. That is Habakkuk. Habakkuk, he ends up in a celebratory mode. This is a prophet. This, this prophet was a, he was a, he was a musician. So, you know, he, his song began to flow again. The, the poetry began, began to flow again. The poems begin to flow again. The psalms begin to flow again. The hymn begins to flow again. The Spirit of God has taken over. Hallelujah. You know, so we're going to stop here. Uh, this is the end, really, of the book, okay? But it's a very interesting book. Go make time, read it again and again. There's so much you can draw from here. But never forget, the just shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith. Amen. So, just declare that. I will live by faith. I will live by faith. One of the things Jesus said is, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? I don't know about you all say, Lord, I will be in faith. When you come, you will find me in the faith. You will find me in faith. Amen. Glory to God. Before we go, if you want to give your offering, you want to give, I want to pray for you. If you want to support the work of God, thank you so much. Those of you that have been faithful in giving towards, um, towards the work of God. It takes a lot. It takes a lot. And um, we say, thank you so much. I want to pray for those who want to give if you want to give right now. Heavenly Father, I pray for your people. Those who are giving now, those who have given, and those who will give. Lord, I pray. I pray, oh Father, that you would move in their lives. In their finances, I speak your blessing over them. I ask, oh God, according to your word in Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 18. Remember the Lord your God, for it is he that gives you power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant. Pray, O oh God, that you will establish your covenant of wealth in their lives. In the name of Jesus. Witty inventions, financial wisdom, ideas, open doors, opportunities, promotions, new jobs. I release that. The Lord God for them in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. Now, before we leave, I want to pray for anyone that wants to give his life to Jesus. You want to receive Jesus into your heart. Say, if you just repeat this prayer after me, and um, I'll pray for you after that. Say, dear God, I thank you for sending Jesus. I believe in my heart. And I confess with my mouth that he is Lord. Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive my sins. Make me a new person. Give me a heart that loves what you love. Hate what you hate. Help me, Jesus, to live for you. I surrender my spirit, soul, and body to you. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Now let me pray for you. Father, I pray. Pray for your daughter, your son, who has prayed this prayer. I ask for the reality of the new creation. 
their sins forgiven. Let your kingdom come in their lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, please invite someone, share this with someone, and let it be a blessing. And uh, yeah, like our page, follow us on all our um, social media handles. We're there on Instagram, we're there on Facebook, and we're there on YouTube. This ministry has come to you live from Every Nation Midrand. For other life-changing messages and more information, log on to www.everynationmidrand.org.